0: Hey, I want to talk to you about a very special podcast that is going into its second season, Veronica Mars Investigates. Their second season is going to premiere on March 24th, and a little bit about Veronica Mars Investigates. It is a very, very cool recap podcast, and if you like very, very cool recap podcasts like this one, you're probably going to like that one. It's hosted by Jenny Owen Youngs from the hit Buffy recap podcast, Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and Helen Zaltzman from the award-winning entertainment podcasts, The Illusionists and Answer Me This. They are podcast royalty, and they have come together to create this show about the Veronica Mars television show. And if you haven't watched Veronica Mars television show, it is a teen comedy drama thriller noir. You can hear the first season of Veronica Mars Investigates now on all the podcast places and at vmipod.com. But season two, March 24th, get ready. You'll enjoy it.
1: where the heart is
0: we found it one day in the sink it hums things late at night but they are not socks
2: good morning night vale. hello everybody i'm hal loveland AKA Steven Carlsberg. And
0: I'm Megan Bashwinner,
1: AKA Deborah, the sentient patch of haze. And I'm Symphony Sanders, AKA tamoka Flown. <laughs> 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 and oh,
0: and no. I'm going to t- tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> I went. To-
1: and this is Welcome to Nightvale. Good morning. Yeah. No. This is Good Morning
0: Nightvale, <laughs> the podcast that talks about it. Welcome to the Nightvale because you deserve it.
2: And you deserve today to hear all about episode 50 Capital Campaign. Here is the description. The Nightvale Community College begins a capital campaign to fund a new science center. Tourniquet hires a new sous chef, inauguration day for the new mayor, and an update from the Otherworld Desert. Let's talk, talk. about it. <laughs> You know, uh, I I think of the Old Oak Doors as the Infinity War and Endgame of of this story arc. Faux show, and I remember when Infinity War came out, it was this giant, this big spectacle, not cinema, according to Scorsese, where all of the different <laughs> characters came together in one film, and it was a very big deal, much like Old Oak Doors. And they followed that up with Ant Man and the Wasp, which was a much smaller film, just to sort of reset. And you can't sort of top that scale with bigger scale. And it kind of feels like what was done here became a smaller, like the monster of the week are a bunch of rabbits. Mm -hmm. And we've gone as far away from the, the pomp and circumstance and spectacle of the Old Oak Doors with this episode, which I really liked.
1: Well, and then it goes back to more of the traditional spooky, scary uh, stories that we know, you you know, maybe not, you know, a specific story about it, but you know, a folklore about it. Like this Miss Haversham, Miss Haversham. That's what I think of from Great Expectations. Miss Wickersham. Wickersham, (laughs) (laughs) No, literally, that's where my brain went like immediately. But Miss Wickersham, like... This whole thing becomes a unseen, unknown thing that is like, oh, she keeps coming up, but like nobody's heard from her. There's mysterious surroundings uh, discussing her. And she keeps donating these friggin' rabbits. And the rabbits are the menace. But is Mrs. Wickersham actually like knowingly donating them to be a menace?
2: And we think not, right? I think not. I think the rabbits are bad on their own. I used to do these ads for Symantec, and for one of them, I was covered in rabbits.
1: Wait, what?
2: Uh, It was weird. The two things that rabbits do a lot is have relations with one another and use the bathroom. And they were doing a lot of that. On you? Not on me, around me. Yeah, okay. Like, you know, you're trying to film stuff for, for corporate use. And then there are these two bunnies banging, <laughs> having a having a bang tour, or like to my left. So you have the handlers who would have to come in and separate them. It was very bizarre. Don't work with rabbits, is what I'm saying. They're they're fine. I, I've had rabbits as pets. They're adorable. Yeah. They don't want to be on camera. They're really not interested.
0: No, they just want to die.
2: They just want to die. That's all they want to do.
0: On this season of the Great British Bake Off, one of the Baker's is a vet. They were asking her questions about animals, and she just, she had something, they asked her something about rabbits, and she just said, rabbits just want to die. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) Lord.
1: So
0: I I think she's right. Given my experience with them while I'm driving, I feel like they do just want to die.
1: Because they just jump in front of stuff. They're just like, they, they never find their way out of road.
0: Maybe they're just depressives. I feel, I feel like they—they yeah, yeah, they know I, that there's too many, too many of them.
1: Yeah, and they're like, you know what? Life is kind of meaningless. It's fine. Maybe the goths
2: of the animals—they mm-hmm. do listen to a lot of My Chemical Romance. Uh, so do I. A lot of emo. A lot of Bauhaus uh, as well.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I agree. How that we are taking kind of a different position now with the way that the plot is being paced. And that we're, we're yeah. like, it's kind of almost a return to normalcy. And the thing that we're really looking at now is this long-distance relationship that Cecil and Carlos are in and what the, how that all means. I guess yes, there's, like, big bad and weirdness behind it. And Carlos has to, you know, there's this separation there that requires a journey for Carlos to get home. But it's not, there's no urgency to it, really.
1: Yeah, no, not, I, I don't feel like... I feel like it's a um, cursory sort of glance at um, just reminding us that Carlos is still in the uh, desert otherworld uh, during this episode. I feel it becomes much stronger in the next episode, but um, it's just a yep. little reminder for us. Plus, other things have been going on uh, when we look at the now Dana Cardinal is our elected mayor, and that's very exciting.
2: But I don't think Cecil knows how to deal with all that quite yet. Yeah, there are cursory references. You have a little bit about uh, Dana Carnell being sworn in. You have Hiram McDaniel and the uh, faceless old woman who secretly lives in your home dealing with the fallout of the election and trying to get a recount, but just yelling into a, a gorge wall. Uh, that they're not even the sure. Yes, not go- even sure if that's what it is. But uh, it's nice to have those references of like, yes, we were aware this happened, but – we need to reset. It feels like we we jump back in in a, in a much stronger way to the to the narratives that have been set up in 51. But we do have those people like this just feels like a nice like this episode almost could have happened at any time. Yeah, outside of those those few references. you could have the colleges raising money. Uh, here's what education is in Nightvale. this uh, this woman that nobody's seen for a decade just keeps sending rabbits and rabbits and rabbits. Which are a problem, but at the end, it's a very odd reveal that she's just a tree lizard because she's a high-level donor. Yeah,
1: well, you could choose to turn into that, which, I mean, if you could, I don't know. I don't think I'd want to turn into any kind of lizard. No.
0: I'll take a tote bag.
1: A tote bag? What? Oh, that you get a tote bag. I thought you meant turn into a tote bag. Yeah. That'd be
0: nice, though. I feel like I would have not. I'd have no stress in my life. Like I guess I'd be carrying a lot
1: still. Oh, really? but. You'd be carrying a ton. More than your than your canvas straps could, you know, actually maintain.
2: Do either of you give money to your universities or schools or any educational institution you are a part of that has no, asked you for money? No,
1: because
0: I gave them enough, thank you. Thank
1: you. When they call me, yeah. when they call me, I, I answer the phone sometimes. I generally don't answer the phone at all because, you know, I'm from, I live in this generation. But when someone calls me and they're like, hi, I'm from Bradley University. We wanted you to donate, blah, blah, blah. And I go, okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, does it tell you what I majored in Where you, on your list? And they say, yeah, you, you're a theater major. Cool. Have you ever heard of me? And they go, <laughs> Well, I mean, and I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) No. So stop fucking calling me. You really turned into a teachable moment, don't you? I mean, look at it, bro. Like, I went to a private university. Right. For theater. I'm an idiot. Obviously. (laughs) I'm a moron. Please don't call me again. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? That's how I met Cecil Baldwin, hoes.
2: So there you go. Maybe, uh, maybe you should uh, start a theater. Donate there. my negative money. my
1: negative seventy thousand dollars to them. Cool. I sure yeah. will. will put, do. Put my name yeah.
0: on there. <laughs> John has a great bit about it. It's like I, yes. I he's, he's a whole bit. I just, I'm not even going to quote it. Just go watch. I think it's in Kid Gorgeous. His bit about donating to his alma mater.
2: Yeah, oh, I'm mean, gonna have to go look that up. Yeah. I don't know that it's it. so good. It's the perfect response. Yeah, to yeah. It.
0: it's tr- it's true, man. Uh, like I gave them quite enough money. it's so good. It's the whole thing. It's like, it's like I gave them hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. I gave them more than the whole Civil War cost.
2: It's like, you spent it already? Like <laughs> I signed a contract at seventeen. Like legit what have you done for me lately bradley
1: university nothing you can't even invite me back to talk to anybody to inspire the youth to be poor like me anyways i should have gone to community you... college like <laughs> friggin uh although you know i do have a degree in theater performance a, a bachelor of science mm-hmm. so technically does that oh. make me a scientist
0: you got a bs and what's yeah.
1: how did that work Exactly, because I, I okay, so the only, because our school, the School of Theater, um, you know, I was getting a degree in that, but that was under, we were liberal arts school, but we could choose to do a Bachelor of Science, which meant we had to take more science-based classes, science and math-based classes, or you could do a Bachelor of Arts, um, which was like doing more languages. And I didn't want to take any more French. May
0: we? May
1: we? You know, je sais, you know. <laughs> so I took some uh, environmental science classes, a computer science class, and some sociology and like whatnot. And I got a Bachelor of Science in theater because that's the kind of
0: hoe I am. Science, theater. Wow. How do you give money to your alma maters?
2: No. I don't I, and and I I get hit all over the place because I, obviously you're college the school of management. So I went to business school. So of course they expect everybody's making money. Yeah. I do, I don't and I will not. I make a decent living but it's not like I'm socking stuff away. Right. And certainly not going. I can't wait to give more money to a college. No. No, no, no. I do not do that. Uh but the school I went to from second grade through 12th grade was a private Quaker school and they are dependent on money as well. Friendly school? Yes, my friendly school. Avington Friends School. Yeah, I wanted to be a very good friend there and uh I have given them no money as well. <laughs> In fact, you know, they, they it cost a lot of money to go to, but then I worked for their summer program so they had that's to pay enough. me money. Then I oh, think we're that's even. That's
1: still enough cuz they obviously didn't pay you enough. To yeah. work there,
2: There's I'll tell you what. No I'll put this out there right now. If anybody from AFS is listening, if you want to have me come speak to the students, I might pony up a little money for that. I would love for the theater school to be like, "Here is a here is a a a, a moderate to low level successful story <laughs> who would like to come back and speak." Some of you may know who he is. Most of you do not. But he's here to talk to you. Who came to your school? That was that was a notable alum. Well, Joey Lawrence was a year ahead of me. Wait, shut up. Like, whoa. <laughs> Joey Lawrence? Exactly. Yeah, Joey Lawrence was yeah, the class ahead yeah. of me. <laughs> when, he, when he walked up to give a speech at commencement, so the junior class, we do like this daisy chain thing where we bring a bunch of flowers out and put them on a pegboard. And you wear daisy dukes? And make a 9-4. And we wear daisy dukes <laughs> and, ch- and chains like Mr. T, gold chains. And uh, <laughs> when he went up to give his speech – the guy sitting next to me went, Whoa! And then the teacher yelled at me. I've told this story a million times. This is the, this is like, for this audience that does not listen to any other podcast I do, here's the story of the time I got yelled at by a teacher for, uh, for a crime I did not commit, which was yelling, Whoa, at Joey Lawrence. But he was there, uh, you know, when he was a kid and he was doing Give Me a Break, he was there once in a while. And then in high school, we were in the same French class for, I think, a week before he either booked Blossom or went to film Blossom. And then he came back for his graduation in 1994. Also in that class uh, is my friend uh, Amy, who was one of the carpenters on Trading Spaces. She was one of the lead carpenters oh, on that show. That's cool, so, too. I Wait, feel like during I, your I high school? No, no, after high school. Was she was a tra- child
0: labor on, Uh, Trading Spaces. <laughs>
2: Yeah, they had her build everything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> She's working Were working a miter saw like. You uh, you <laughs> yeah. Pullman was a notable alum. Uh he was a director. He, he went to grad school there oh. for directing. Um and I saw him on campus my sophomore year. And I like cat called him from my friend's car and I just screamed, "I love you, Casper." He, he turned, and then I, like, continued to drive away and, like, go off and Come smoke on. mentholated cigarettes or whatever the hell else I was up to when I was a sophomore.
2: <laughs> well, all Bull Pullman memories are forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Much like a diamond. If you're if you're talking about famous people from college, the, the theater school at Syracuse is attached to the Syracuse stage, a Lort Theater in the area. And... uh they opened their 25th season with a few good men. And Aaron Sorkin, a Syracuse alum, came, visited, and gave a, a talk to the school. And a fun Syracuse little uh, Easter egg is in the American president when they're calling roll, uh, It, I think, for for State of the Union. Those are all names of professors at Syracuse who taught Aaron Sorkin.
0: Uh, I guess we should mention that this episode was co-written with our girl, Ashley Learman, your mother, to make a –
2: My mom. My mom.
1: Love it. I was, uh, on the train listening to this. I was just furiously taking notes so that I could avoid the crazy people trying to talk to me or sell me candy bars. Um, I, and I looked like a crazy person all my own by taking notes, but it was nice to listen and not be able to read along as well because my comprehension works differently. And that whole thing was so fun for me to hear. I was like, I was like, oh, it's Ashley Lehrman. Because usually at the beginning you read about it, you know, and mm-hmm. you know when you're preparing for, I don't know how what you guys think we do to research for this show, besides just listen. But sometimes we read, we read along and things like that, and there's like notes yeah. and whatnot, and it's extra information for us to uh, base our hypotheses on. And this one, was, this is really fun because I was able to hear. Uh, I was like, oh, Ashley Learman, fun. And then I was able to think back on things. I'm like, "Did were things used in this episode that made me think that were specifically Ashley Learman? And I was like, yes, everything about the college and academia, because she works in academia. And it's absolutely fascinating. And now extra funny, because anybody who works in that sort of realm uh, will, of course, uh, understand all the bullcrap that you have to go through in community colleges or colleges just to get people to give you money
0: as a foodie myself i was really excited to hear about the announcement of tourniquet (laughs) i was also really excited to hear the like little lilt in cecil's voice when he's talking about earl harlan with the good hair like it's just like that red, the, like, the, the planting seed of the, like, oh, Cecil and Carlos are in a long-distance relationship. Oh, there's, like, a little bit of butter on this other guy's name. What's up with that?
2: <laughs>
1: you know, I remember when this episode came out and, like, people were like, oh, Earl Harlan, like, the same thing you are saying. And then, and I was like, how dare you? He would never with Carlos! But then, like, the whole thing um, where Carlos... This is the one where he mentions Doug for, like, a second, right? Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. Yeah, well, and, like, the because of the distance, it makes it challenging, and you're like, oh, wow, I haven't seen that person, so now they're coming into your thoughts or whatever. I mean, because hasn't that ever happened to anybody? You see somebody that's come from your past, and you're like, oh, and you were kind of interested in them back then, and then you're like, oh, wow, they're, like, back or whatever. They're doing great. They have this really great restaurant. They're super successful. Look at them. Um, but also, why does he keep going to Applebee's? He's confused. He, Anyone who's at girl. Applebee's is confused. <laughs> I mean, it's like, confused in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Like, Applebee's is trash.
2: Sorry for <laughs> anybody who works at Applebee's. Do you think somebody who works at Applebee's take, is, look, first of all, you Crabble should be Bees. happy that you have a job. Obviously, <laughs> you can take pride in your work. But, I mean, I don't think you sit there going, this is the same as of Lowry's the prime rib. This is this is the look it is the the bottom and they don't do it anymore like they, there was this time and we all remember it when restaurants had a bunch of crap on the wall like here's a penny farthing here's a 1908 yeah. telephone here's a picture of Muhammad Ali punching Queen Elizabeth these are all on the same wall <laughs> And at a certain point, they all cleaned up and stopped, started taking that off. But I still rank them as the places that have crap on the wall. And Applebee's is pretty mm-hmm. low. For me, TGI Friday's is the lowest because it got food poisoning there in 1996.
0: Oh, Friday's did you dirty. In 1999.
2: Yourself. Yeah, they did me dirty. I, love I used to TGA drink at TGI
0: Friday's when I was underage.
1: Yeah. Sure. <laughs> well, because you can drink at any TGI Friday's because most of the bartenders are garbage. A lawless land. They're like they're like old dudes that are trying to hit on young girls like you, and so they're like gonna give you drinks. Yeah, I'm
0: 16 years old, drinking an of sour the size of my head out of a chalice at the fucking TGI Fridays at the Willowbrook Mall. Shout out,
1: oh. <laughs> holla, <laughs> send us some. <somebody. laughs> Anyways, um, um. I not to be shitting on anybody but like yeah all of those sugary drinks and like terribly fried things they do bring also some comfort and like as we as we've traveled across America you're like you know consistently
2: it's going to be fine well you know what you're going to get you know there'll be no surprise yeah do you do you think what all right what's your go-to Applebee's meal riblets wings Do you like the salads? Do you like the steak with butter?
1: I think I probably would get a fucking salad, because that part of me that hates myself. Yeah, no, we went there one time in Pennsylvania. Outside of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. yeah. Yeah. I didn't go. I did have a check. Well, I went, and I made my whole life happen there. (laughs) Um, You know, honestly, I... Again, I would probably also do the salad similar to you just because it's like, this is probably okay. Um, because I wouldn't trust any meat there to be anything less than- Horse meat, microwave to temper. Yeah. T- tight. Tight. <laughs> I'm just going to say, that's what the, the meat's going to be tight. It's going to be like, you have to cut it cut it a bunch I, of times. <laughs> it's like, why would you even ask me how I want my steak?
2: I know how well it's going to come. Every time. I don't gray. care. I'll get meal <laughs> gray. <laughs> Give me your fight your grayest steak, Madame. If you I love please. when my
0: steak's gray in the middle, you know.
2: <laughs> Do you mind um, oddly seasoning your fries and inexplicably drizzling parsley on them? Like anybody wants that? It makes them so fancy. It's like it's snowing green on my dinner plate feed your parsley to 5000 rabbits that get released in a university. That is a better use for parsley than being on any fight.
1: 6800
0: Well, yeah, they multiply. Um, I wanted to talk about
2: it's for
0: a second. Um first yeah. of and obviously yes. an Ashley learman invented name. Um, the way that they're talking about her how she appears in dreams, she's like a box like they just uh-huh. have like a knowing yes. that like it's just very dreamlike and she appears in your dreams. Um, and that's how she talks to you. Um, so when we were on tour this like early fall, we were in Athens. No, we were in Asheville. And I talked about this a little bit on the Patreon. So if you're interested, there's some photos on the Patreon. Uh, so Dane comes backstage after talking to the fans in the lobby during his meet and he's like, there's some presents for you, would you like to open them? And they're two small box boxes that are already wrapped. And, and I'm like, yeah, I love to open with them. I'm, to I'm going to open open what's in these pieces. Open the first one, and inside inside is just dead, dead cicada. Um, but but it's like a perfect dead, dead cicada, and it's like mounted within two pieces of fun. so it, so it's something took the time to, to make a little, a little spe- specific like coffin box for the, the cicada. I'm like, okay, okay cool. That's weird. It's weird to, to receive a dead bug as a present, but like I'm weird. That's fine. I get it. And so then I open the Xbox, box, and inside the next box, there's this weird scrawled note. There is a piece of some animal vertebrae. Um, there's a piece of a penny. There's a marigold. Um, there's a tiny lizard figurine buried in the vertebrae. Um, some witch shit. That's some witch shit. A piece of a dollar bill. Did I say that? Anyway. And then on the note, it's like a curse that's like, give me permission to enter your astral project into your dreams. Yeah, uh, nah. So I was like, "What's the what's the Dane?" And so I just was, all, out. all. <laughs> I freaked out. So maybe it was Miss Wickersham yeah. who gave Dane those boxes for me
1: to open them backstage. Also, do you think I'm cursed now? Dane is for sure cursed. Did he look at it? For sure look at it? Uh, I opened them first.
2: You may be cursed. Yeah, you're probably cursed. Well, shit. Listen, fans out there, this is a good reminder.
1: Yeah, my oh, witchy witchy fans, witchy fans. Do you, do you think uh, Meg is cursed? No. Oh, no. I was um, going to say, please don't bring stuff to shows like listen, that.
0: Listen, I, I get impulse us. to want oh, to give no, us gifts. No, please don't curse I thank us. you for that. Have you considered maybe getting but yourself something us. nice? Or donating to a charity or giving someone who really needs something, something? Like, I'm sure uh, the, there's people who could really use a
1: cicada in a box. They're, the world's a big place. I'm sure there's someone who needs that. Or tell us what that stuff is for instead of just giving us a bunch of random stuff in a box because we're going to think that you're trying to curse us and we're going to send you. back a counter curse. Oh, so, wow. S-
0: so we'll be in your person, dreams.
1: Boom shakalaka.
0: You don't want in me in there. there. Saka. Because I'm dem- demanding.
2: <laughs> I like the idea that it's just you, but you're wearing like a Freddy Krueger sweater and hat, but you're just being you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if, you, if you're in somebody else's dream, the rule is you have to wear the Freddy Krueger sweater and hat. No glove. But then you yeah. just, you're just you just like, hey, what's up? Yeah. I'm, I'm here in your dream. Just, just like
0: flipping through a cooking
1: magazine. Just yeah. Like-
2: do you want me to show you how to make meatballs? <laughs> you don't dream about snakes, do you? I don't like snakes. You don't dream about them, do you? Not on my watch.
1: So one of my favorite things that happened during this episode was, and it's so weird. It's like a small thing, but like through the manhole cover, someone just goes money. <laughs> 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 and I just like I laughed out loud and so like I of course look crazy on the train, but I don't mind,
2: you know? And they did uh th- whoever was hiding in there did uh the bubble graffiti.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They did the bubble graffiti as well. <laughs> oh,
0: I like when we hear from mrs wickersham's next kid who's ben burnham who right uh, is able to the idea of retracting mrs wickersham's donation because he says yes yeah, sure whatever what do i care all colleges are just factories for little socialist robots these days anyway beep boop free health care for everyone beep boop i'm a robot <laughs> and then he eats <laughs> without breaking eye contact which is definitely jeffrey Kraner Line, uh eats the plastic hanging bags on his desk
3: that's right
2: <laughs> so bizarre Yeah, that is
0: (laughs) Beep boop, free college. Beep boop, free healthcare.
1: I literally wrote LOL socialist robots, beep boop. (laughs) Because also, I also know that (laughs) Cecil is like half like old man who's like, yeah, I actually kind of believe this. Let me hide my money in a mattress. (laughs) Beep boop, beep boop. You socialists. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, can we talk about how rude these rabbits are? They're they're pretty rude. They're rude and they're vulgar, and they've been described also as a menace. Yes. And they're very insensitive. Like they make, no one should ever make comments about anybody's body. Yes. No body shaming. And these or
2: fucking no rabbits. Body anything. Are out here.
0: No comments yeah. about the body. No body, no comments. Don't tell me I have nice Thank elbows. You.
2: If somebody was to compliment my elbows, I'm okay with it. I just don't want to hear anything negative.
1: I Okay, literally, as soon as you were like, nice elbows, I was like, oh, and I touched my elbows. Because I'm like, "are they?" Uh, what makes nice elbows? I don't, think <laughs> are, I don't think there's any quality. You know that that part that's like dangling on your elbows is called your weenus? Yeah. I like to grab it and then be like, I'm touching
0: yeah, your weenus. Yeah, grab
2: your weenus. The weenus feels, there are no nerve endings. You could squeeze a weenus and the person will feel yeah. nothing.
0: I'm just like so tired of the societal pressure for me to find my elbows gorgeous. It's it's like everyone's elbows are gorgeous. Like no matter what, like your elbows are gorgeous. You know what? Fine. I can be a realist. My elbows are functional. I'm happy that that they are. And that's, that's fine. I don't need to, every part of me doesn't need to be beautiful and gorgeous. I don't need like some sort of like quality thing to who I am. I'm not like in in a constant state of being judged on a scale of zero, zero, to beautiful. Wait, is that a thing?
2: Yeah. Do you remember that fucking viral commercial where they had people go in and describe their elbows to a police sketch artist, and they were like, my elbows are shitty, my weenus is wrinkly, and then they had other people come in and describe those same people's elbows, and they're like, oh, they're really nice, they've got a good angle to them, their weenus is well-proportioned, and then these people who come in initially, they've got to look at these two pictures and go, wow, I guess when I think about my own elbows – I think about how terrible they are, but this version of my elbow is much better. Like, back off. Let me live my elbow life. Let
0: me think about anything the fuck else besides my fucking elbows. How about that? How about yeah. that police sketch artist team?
2: Yeah, like my balls. <laughs> can I just think about them instead? Can I, God.
0: can I quit my fucking job to think about nothing but my balls all day?
2: There goes the ball wanderer.
0: Can I go out to a remote location in Burbank and have a woman inject some sort of neonatal foreskin formaldehyde bio-botulism toxin into my ball so that they're young and forever?
2: Oh, yeah, keep oh, get the wrinkles out. Tight. Oh, what if I hit a ball? Oh god, a needle. Oh, This episode is going to be all about uh, things that I fear. We'll we'll discuss that later. But that is one yeah, is there, is there a part of the episode where somebody's toes get bent back until they break? Because that's something I'm afraid of, too. Toes and fingers no. being bent back and broken by mistake. You
1: know, I actually think about the, the your nail being bent back. Mm. Like a lot of horror movies have that when somebody's being dragged across Whoa. the floor and then their nail pops up.
2: Oh, stop. Why do you
1: watch these? <laughs> oh. I love it. I'm sick. I'm a sick person. Oh, I, feel like- I
0: have trypophobia, though, which is the, like fear of holes. Oh, I like, no, like, Trim. no, we've been there. Uh, like, you know, like it's a bunch of tiny holes. Um, like what? when you look at something that's got like a bunch of, usually it's the has to be, they have to be the same size.
2: Oh, so like on an assembly line, like when they make the Crayola crayons and they come out through the, the hole. sort of sort that, but like, like looking at something that has like a lot of symmetricals
0: makes me like, it's me want to throw up.
1: Okay. I can kind of understand that because it can look really disgusting. If something has a bunch of like, but like, I've never thought about that. The amount of phobias that I have no idea about. Like I had to learn what the one where you think people are looking at you through a picture. I so, Because
2: scope of phobia. What? Are, you, are all of your fears based on things that happen in episodes of Scooby-Doo?
1: <laughs> no this is no literally, this is one
2: yeah scoop fear of a giant no, this- sandwich with nine slices of bread and 800 <laughs> pieces of lettuce
1: and they just like um like shuffle them together yeah. like a card do you know do you have a fear uh, that that
2: you're gonna jump for- into the arms of a great dane and he's gonna run you around a castle
1: <laughs> oh, rah, rah. um no actually no when back in the day when I first started doing welcome to night veil vale, I, you know, I take a lot of pictures of myself and I look at the camera because that's where you're supposed to look. Not at yourself, dummies. And and people kept like reposting my picture and then hashtagging scopophobia. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I looked it up and it's the fear of someone looking at you. Like through the lens. Through the lens. (laughs) And I was like, oh, shit. No, I can understand why that would be freaky if you're like, if I'm like, what up? Like, and you think I'm like looking at you because I am. (laughs) Up next, we hear from fans and friends of the podcast about their theories, comments, and questions. But first, a conversation about this episode's weather. This episode's weather is Ghost Story by Charming Disaster. Woo. Woo. I liked it, but I was like trying to figure out the whole story the whole time. Like, it was hard for me to like separate the music itself because, like, once I figured out, I was like, "Ooh, there's a story here." Yeah, she's a widow. She's a widow or whatever. And she was like, uh, "Soon, the first line is like something about casseroles. Like, people bring her casseroles, and then pity is the last thing she needs because she's a uh, a widow. She, she's a widow, and it was like." It sounds very, like, 1950s. Like, that's the way the song, like, sounds to me. And then the second one is the man talking, the husband. Right. And I wrote, is she fucking a ghost? (laughs) And then it was like, they can't let go. And, like, then he said something about 15 paces in the sand. I was like, did he die in a duel? (laughs) So these are the things that happened to me during the weather. What about you guys? I found the song Pleasant and uh yeah interesting i feel like i could probably
0: dive into them i think it's a it's a spooky time of year or it was when we were recording this episode. totally um but yeah so they're a brooklyn duo they like to write murder ballads and they're inspired by edward oh Berry that makes sense then. tim burton and right now they are on tour opening for rasputina because they are yet another one of our weather artists that is opening for rasputina we are at three now i think i think
2: wow you're like a feeder system.
0: Yeah. It's like, have you been a... It's like, <laughs> recipe has like a good questionnaire. And the only question is, have you been a idol? <laughs> <either?
3: laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it as a piece of music too. I thought it fit the episode uh, outside of that. I do not have it in typical me fashion. I do not have a ton to add about it otherwise.
0: Well, we'll, we'll talk more about it in the fin zone. Great. Let's grip it. Let's go to the fin zone. So. Let's, let's grip let's it, it, rip it. Let's rip it, rip it into the <laughs> zone.
1: Stay right there. Good Morning Night we will return after a brief break.
2: Do you have trouble getting the sleepies like I do? Having a good night's sleep like a full night's sleep? Let me introduce you to Feels, which is the premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. If you're like me and you have trouble, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, pain, or sleeplessness, then you just put a few drops of Feels under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within minutes. And if you're like me and you are new to CBD like I was, they offer a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash goodmorning and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash good morning to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels slash good morning.
0: That's the sound of me smelling my own armpit, because I smell like a coconut vanilla cookie. And I smell like that because of native deodorant. Good Morning Night Vale is very pleased to be able to offer you 20% off of your first purchase of native deodorant by going to nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code goodmorning at checkout. I find myself very lucky to live in a time in history when deodorant exists. Think about how bad George Washington must have smelled and be grateful that you don't have to go anywhere near that. I don't want you to be stinky. I want you to smell great. And I want you to do that without endangering your body with harsh chemicals. Native deodorant can do that for you. Their products are naturally formulated and aluminum free. So you're not gonna be slowly poisoned by your own armpits. You're gonna have to find another way to die. And while you're finding that other way to die, you will smell great with a naturally derived deodorant that actually works. Native deodorant is not tested on animals, so no narwhals, which are real, will be injured for you to smell awesome. Visit nativedeodorant.com, use promo code goodmorning, and don't smell like George Washington. Hello friends! My name is Mamo. I love y'all's work, and I just listened to an episode of Good Morning Night where it was noted people don't often name their cat Meg. So I wanted to let you know I named my brown curly-haired tarantula Meg when I got her mm-hmm. as a quarter-sized baby. I had to leave her in Texas when I moved to Hawaii because the man-hand-sized tarantulas are not allowed there.
2: Oh, oh it's the size of a hand.
0: I feel I am only learning now why I named her Meg. Please see the attached photo of my first love who I miss every day.
2: Also- No. Now, hold on. Wait. Before you finish this, I deleted the fuck out of that picture, and I will tell you why when you're finished reading this.
0: I put the photo in the shared Google Doc that we used to yeah. Uh, yeah, read do. these uh, lovely emails, and uh, Hal deleted it. So I had to text it to Symphony so that she could see it. I'll I put it on the Patreon guy. It. No. What if I go there? Put a content. you go there on it. Uh, but it's a really, really beautiful spitter Anyway, uh, and it's named Meg. Meg. So more from jo- Jomo. So when I, I, I listen, nice. I enjoy imagining y'all are sitting at a dinner table behind me, uh talking about one of my favorite podcasts over a meal. And then a question: What book would you donate to the Nightvale Public Library?
2: Question mark.
0: The biography of Helen Hunt is what I would do. Okay. <laughs>
2: Auto autobiography or somebody else's biography? The
0: autobiography. Uh, I
2: have to say something. First of all, I'm sorry you had to part ways with your pet. Second of all, I was here's my experience, just so you know what my play by play was. I'm scrolling, you know, before recording. I'm like, all right, let me take a look and see what the fan zone looks like, and I see that there's a picture, and I only see the top edge, and and it looks like from the top edge, it's a bridge. I'm like, oh, is this a picture of a bridge they visited? I'm gonna look at the text. And let me tell you, dear listener, that is the smartest thing that I ever did in my life because I saw the words curl- brown curly-haired tarantula. I saw those four words, and I realized I saw little bits of hair, and I, and I didn't even say, can I delete it? I said, I'm deleting this picture because I, I friends, uh, one thing I share with Jeffrey Craner is an immense fear of spiders. I do not want to see pictures of them. I don't even like the word I almost I should have uh censored the word tarantula. Even that button because I feel like it's on me. Where 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 is Meg, Jomo? I hope that that Meg was sent to a zoo where spiders the size of my hand. No. Look how big my hand look, I'm gonna put my hand. Jomo
1: released it Meg into the wild. And they are wandering California and they're outside your house right now, Hal. Listen, Bye.
2: when you stop it, when you come to a show <laughs> and you meet me, ask to see my hand. I will show you how large my hand is. It's not big, it's like an average guy's hand. And then I'm gonna put it on my face. I want both of you to. Are you looking in the Hangout? We're in we're at Google Hangouts right now. Right, hold on. Are you observing? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. The spider could okay. sit and cover my face, and they have poison in them, they're venomous. How? And they some of them eat birds. Yeah. Well, somebody has opinions about that.
1: And you're bigger than a bird.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would be alive for more of it.
0: How I'm sorry that I put that in there. I didn't I did not mean to uh It's okay. <laughs> to send you wherever it is you're going right now uh because of that.
2: Oh uh, but the darkest. I thought of it was places. really nice
0: that there was a spider named Meg. We can move on. Someone wanna answer your question about what book you would put in the library, besides the autobiography, of Helen Hunt?
1: I'm going to donate a book about um,
2: spiders, spider species. Oh, fuck you. I'm going to donate <laughs> Dallaire's book of Greek mythology because that, I read that a lot as a kid and I liked it a lot. And there are no spiders in it.
1: Next up in the fan zone, we have Kareen. Kareen <laughs> writes, Dear Good Morning Night vale, hello. I really love the show for your excellently demented conversations. <laughs> And for the excuse to listen to early Night Vale. Many of the episodes I haven't heard since I was 16. Wow, way to make us hurt, Kareem. When it suddenly got big on Tumblr. And I want to know what the hell at the dog park stuff was all about. Thank you, Night Vale, for being my first podcast. And all the talk about how apparently finding the traveler hot And Symphony's joke about Night Vale after dark made me remember something I wanted to write in about concerning the weather for episode 50. So I'm writing in, in case I forget later. I spent the beginning of July 2014 catching up on Night Vale after I finally got my first smartphone for my 17th birthday. Ouch again, Kareem. Capital Campaign was the first episode of the show, I ever heard on the same day it aired. I was enjoying the episode immensely, still one of my all-time favorites for the writing alone, when the little song called Ghost Story came into my impressionable ears. Forbidden lust, needless murder, and objectively sexy duet. (laughs) Everything a desperate, morbid virgin could crave. Oh, Kareem! Aww. Frankly given the circumstances of my catholic school as a lesbian surviving with a concealed don't feel attitude oh, oh. it seemed a tad more realistic at the time for a ghost woman to seduce me than anybody with a pulse wow my one my one hesitation though was that how can it be enjoyable if a ghost if ghosts are cold then it hit me what if ghosts touch you then they turn warm. Congratulations, Night vale Presents. You gave a, te- a, go- a teenager a ghost fetish. <laughs> <laughs> I resisted the supernatural creatures are the height of sexual appeal propaganda all my young adult life. And I finally cracked with this one song. I have a related question for everybody. If a spirit showed up at midnight in your home, I'll come hither and you knew they would be warm. <laughs> would you go for it? As Lauren Shippen would uh, say, stay strange. Best, Kareen. Okay. Kareen, hell yeah. If you're in the bed and you're like half in and out of sleep and a ghostie is like, what up, girl? You'd be like, hell yeah. (laughs) I mean, plus, you don't know if it's a dream or not. And then you're like, that was really sexy. And then, I don't know. And plus, why not? Bobby Brown said he had sex with a ghost. Why not? And what? I don't care if it's cold or not. <laughs>
2: I run hot, baby. Uh, I'm married, and who do you take me for? Dan Aykroyd in Ghostbusters one? Remember, he gets he has a dream. It's a dream sequence because they have the little yeah. wavy thing. But he full on he full on gets a beej from a ghost lady. <laughs> yeah, and it makes his eyes cross. The most comedic uh, the most comedic communication of pleasure possible
1: what if i mean i don't wish this but what if sweet sweet jennifer passed on into the shadow realm
2: you mean if she left (laughs) it was like i'm leaving you and i'm going to i'm going to live in shadow realm montana no you mean if i I, were i single say it happened before i met her how about that
1: no no i'm saying if she died oh if it's her ghost yeah Yeah, she's a
2: ghost
0: yeah i was really so convoluted Right? But if it was like a ghost now, like, oh. like I don't know. Probably not. So, no, it's going to be a no, no for me, I think. Yeah. yeah.
1: Not a random ghost. Yeah. It's going to be it's, no a, if ran it's a random ghost. <laughs> Wait, if it's a yeah, if it's a random ghost, but if it's your ghost love, cuz this that's what the song is to me is it's this lady's husband, right? That's li- okay, that's li- <laughs> Apparently this fucking song spoke to me and I'm the only non-married one. Maybe that's it, because I was like, I wish I had a love that transcended death. Yeah. The veil is very thin. We've entered scurvy. Yeah. I'll find yeah. I'm gonna find a ghost love. Well, I have been I have been um uh working my lady magic to find a, a new lover. So if it's a ghost
2: So be it. Whatever
1: it is, man. I'm
2: fine with it. Imagine the stories that they would have from their life. Let's give them something to talk about. (laughs) A ghostly puzzle to figure out. (laughs) Uh, How about love? Okay, next. (laughs) Els writes, good morning, Symphony, Meg, and Hal. Good morning to you. In a recent episode, you mentioned how you all sync your feeds using time.gov and the old style format of that site. There is so (laughs) much cool science that goes into that horribly bland looking site. It gets its data from NIST, which uses lasers to... To cool a small cloud of atoms to nearly absolute zero that gets bombarded with high-frequency microwaves that cause electrons to be excited, and they pop down to less excited states, giving a signal at extremely precise intervals such that the atomic clock is accurate down to one second every 100 million years. What? Yes, this is true. It's so accurate that it's the reason scientists develop leap seconds, since atomic clocks are more accurate than the Earth spinning on its axis or going around the sun. Since we're earthly beings, governments shift all of time regularly by these leap seconds so that the sun stays roughly at the same point in the sky every year. There are arguments that we should shift to atomic time from celestial time since it's much more accurate. But it will likely take generations of humans living on other worlds to actually make that shift. All of this science is then presented to you, the taxpayer, in the form of a 1990s-esque website. Fuck off. No wonder Carlos is so freaked out by time not working in Night Vale. Time is weird and government-defined and controversial, even in our reality. And that's not even getting into relativity. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this little bit of science that helps you all sink your feeds and watch out for leap seconds, your friendly neighborhood nuclear physicist, Ells. Els, you're a real-life fucking genius. You're out here dropping science and spitting words that I vaguely understand at us, and I love it, and I need more.
1: It makes me laugh. Left- what the?
2: What the heck? Yeah, this is the greatest sight ever. That's huge. It's like, sorry, the site doesn't look nice for you. We're too busy firing fucking lasers at atoms and turning them into dusts, and there are seconds, or whatever. Awesome. I don't remember what you just said. I wasn't that good at science.
1: It sounds like you're cre- They're creating time with lasers, and I'm down for it. I'm so stoked that, like, maybe one day
0: the you know the world as we know it will be on atomic time and not celestial time, because there'll be other planets that celestial yes. time won't make sense to. So ugh, Damn. It, just, it makes it makes your world, the world that is so big, it feels, it feels suddenly very much smaller.
2: Oh my God. Els, where are you? When we do a live show, please uh, have lunch with me and talk to me about science. How about that? I'm putting this offer out to you. Identify yourself. And if we're in the same city, I will treat you to lunch and you will talk to me about science. And that is the deal. The Applebee's of your choice. <laughs> the Applebee's of your choice. Do not bring your pet tarantula if you have one. Not interested in meeting them. You pick three, bitch. And don't bring your ghost spouse. That'll be weird, too. Anyway, that does it for this week. <laughs> I got so far afield. Who, who even knows what's going on? Uh, In two weeks, we are going to be back and talking about episode 51, which is Rumbling. We thank you all for listening. As always, please tell a friend about the podcast. If you have a Night Vale friend who does not yet listen to us, you can spread the word. And also, uh, give us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Give us five star. uh, Share us there if you want. But those reviews do help new people discover the show. And as always, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash good morning Nightvale you can uh, support our show financially get access to all sorts of bonus content uh, including upcoming uh, we're gonna be talking about some of the live shows that we don't normally cover in this feed so uh, you can hear the skinny from us on those that's gonna be a lot of fun and uh, you can only get it as a patreon backer but until the next time you hear us allow me to say good morning Nightvale Good
3: morning. Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Loveland, and Meg Bashwinner. It is edited and mixed by Vincent Cascione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner, theme music by Disparition. Special thanks to our fans who submitted their thoughts. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightville.com to share your theories and ask questions, or to tell us what an amazing time you had at our Welcome to Nightville live shows that are happening this week in beautiful Canada. This show is powered by our patrons. If you are interested in supporting this show in exchange for lots of fun, exclusive insider hyper-cool-kit content, check us out at patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. For more info on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Night vale Chat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb is helpfully... Meg is currently both tour managing and emceeing the Night live show, so I, Joseph Fink, am helpfully recording these credits for her. you to write a story about a wedding reception. I want you to make that story two minutes. That's about 200 to 250 words when you read it out loud. Finish it. Refine it a bit. Work on it. Get it to somewhere that you are happy with it. I want you to delete it. That's me, Joseph Fink, giving a short writing assignment on me and my welcome to Night Vale co-writer Jeffrey Craner's new podcast, Start With This. If that prompt sparked your creativity, then give it a listen, because on this show, it's you who will do the creating. Not sure where to start? Start with this. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.